Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Happy Friday. Welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple with you every week as we go through the key headlines of Husker Nation right now. We are in the middle of fall camp, Steve Sipple. So let's get right to it. Headline number one, turning the page on fall camp. Uh, and this is kind of one of those weeks uh, that the team will have a scrimmage on Saturday. The players will move out of the dorms on Saturday, get the day off Sunday, reset the deck week three in their own beds as uh, we're ever so closer to that August 31st season opener at Minnesota. Yeah, I'll tell you what. One thing we've learned about this dorm little thing that Matt Rule's got going is the players are looking forward to getting out. <laughs> it's not like you heard John Bullock today said, I, I can't wait to get my own bed. I haven't, it, it'll be nice to get some sleep. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting to me how honest the players are about it everybody you talk to is pretty much uh, just can't, I can't wait to get out of it. <laughs> you know. Well, can you imagine if you and I shared a room for two weeks during training camp? I, I don't know. Would it be that bad? Am I that bad to room? With no, you? I mean, I'm just saying it, it you kind of want to just have your own alone time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's true. Like when you want a road trip, you want to be able to like call your wife or significant other. Right. In private, you want to be able to kind of alone. I mean, when you have a roommate in a dorm, you know, after two weeks, you're kind of like, all right, I'm ready for a little bit of me yeah, time. Yeah, you're not, you don't have your creature comforts. You know, you just can't go lay down in the recliner, right? Because there's no recliner. You don't have your dog there. I think rules keeping them off their phones for a lot of the time. Right? I think there's a method to the madness, though, clearly. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to push it as long as we can. Now, if this was three weeks, let's say it, 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 I think it would have been too much. I think it might have been too much because he's like, all right, we can push this two weeks, get these kids bonded. And you, know, you heard some great stories today, um, like Jamari Butler. He's like, look, you know, it's like I'm rooming with Gunnar Gatula. I never would have known Gunnar Gatula. Um, he's an offensive lineman. He's a freshman. Never would have talked to this guy. We've been roommates for the last two weeks. Now he's my boy. See, that's amazing. That's the method to the madness right there. There, There's definitely method to the madness. Phelan Sanford said the same thing, but he, he was talking more generally that he just get, he just got to know a lot more guys that you wouldn't ordinarily get to know on the team. It's a big team. You know, there's 120-plus guys. So the, and then the other thing, and I mentioned this on our radio show, the Husker online radio show, look, at, look what happens now. They get a little mid-camp charge. You know, they're out. You know, it's like they're being released from prison. They're on a so work release. Yeah, so they're, they're out. Um, they get to go home. They get to sleep in their own beds. That'll, that, I think, would supply some energy. It'll energize them a little bit. When, and even when they had a day off on Sunday, it's still controlled. I mean, they have a morning meeting with team breakfast. Then they had to come back and pick up their lunch. They, get in, they didn't have to stay there and eat lunch, but it was grab-and-go lunch. 
Then they had to come back for grab and go dinner and then a nine o'clock curfew on the day off. This all makes sense. I mean, I, I'm, I hope you don't hear me as being, I like it. No, I I think it's good. Right. I don't, I'm not being critical of the dorm move. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with the first year staff that, that listen, there's a lot of, there's, there's still a lot of getting to know you things that go on that's, so yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Well, I always thought like, why wouldn't you do this if you could? They do it in the NFL. Yeah, I mean the NFL teams go away. I mean the Chiefs used to go to River Falls, Wisconsin. I mean they would leave Kansas City and go to River Falls, Wisconsin, and the media would yep. stay out there for the whole time. Now they're now they're in St. Joe, which is obviously a lot more manageable, and mm-hmm. they get bigger crowds and, and and whatnot. But they live in the dorms at West at Missouri Western University. So as far as the scrimmage goes, we, they didn't talk about it much today. I don't think no um, today being Friday, but I gotta think they'll turn they'll turn the kids loose on Saturday yeah, and have you, a scrimmage. You about have to at this point. So you get two of these big scrimmages. And last Saturday you thought maybe they might have used one, but they they didn't. They they, didn't. They, they they um they they pushed it as far as they could without using a true scrimmage where X amount of the plays are live to the ground tackling. Mm-hmm. They went right to the wall where they could go to. I have to think this is the one and they've been preparing all week for it. You think about Rule on Wednesday goes, we're going to practice. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Wednesday night, we're going to practice. Give the guys a little bit more rest. Then on Thursday, the team did a walkthrough. Then they went to a water park all day. And then today, they had practice. So it's almost like they're kind of gearing their bodies up for almost like a game-type situation here on Saturday. Boy, it'd be nice to see it. I'd, lo- I'd love to see what that looks like. Oh, there'll be a lot of people. I mean, the thing is, like, it's close to us, but – any high school coach in the state, any former player, parents of players, they can go to these things. So there's going to be a lot of reports that come out of this scrimmage um, one way or the other. So let, just let the media in, Coach Roll. We, we promise we won't say anything, <laughs> just other than our to our tens of thousands of viewers here on the Husker Online YouTube channel. <laughs> right. right. I mean, it, it, I just like to go from a personnel standpoint, just so I have a very good handle on personnel. I think we have a pretty good handle on it. But then you know for certain what you're dealing with. Yeah, and a couple injuries uh, this week too. Um, the big one though, Maverick Noonan last Saturday out for the season, knee injury. Teddy Prohaska remains out, um, but promising that they'll get him back, hopefully to start the year. Yeah, yeah. Matt said, Coach Rule said, he that's by the second game for sure. By the second game for sure. Malachi Coleman was back out there today, I'm told. So okay. uh, that's a promising um, update there. Because, yeah, I think naturally you just worry. And then Xavier Betts um, should be back soon. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing. I know there's all these underground rumors, and those guys are fine. So I, I yeah, think. I, yeah, just to, just to affirm what you're saying, I hear, I hear the same things. I think we hear it from independent sources. I've heard the same yeah. thing um, from the, the, not to worry about. It. I mean, we did mention, I think, on the radio show, a rule told me that it's neither of them or anything to worry about. And, you know, it, I, I just think naturally this time of year, it's the nature of people to worry. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get worried, you get worked up about things. Well, and Xavier has a past, right? He has a past. Xavier bets. And Arik Gilbert, by the way, um, s- still no word on the waiver. So we'll see. I uh, did get a little Miles Farmer nugget. Um, don't be surprised if he lands at Syracuse. Okay. Um, there's, I, 
any sort of thought or pipe dream that he'd be coming back. That's not happening. He's not coming back to Nebraska. Okay. He's at the soccer game on his own independently. And immediately the Twitter detectives thought he was with a team. He was there on his own. Uh, I've been told, look for Miles Farmer to go to Syracuse with Travis Fisher. I do think when you're a graduate transfer, you know, there's a process to get into grad school that you have to do before it's official. But I would expect that's where I think he's going to go. Yeah, he's a graduate. I mean, that's that's a key key piece piece of information and going to play for fisher makes perfect sense oh, yeah. that's his dude yeah yeah so fisher that knows how to use him that is turning the page here on fall camp as we have passed kind of the halfway point steve sipple yeah we're in the thick of it hi it's sean callahan with husker online we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so u.s cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. All right, let's go uh, to headline number two. Um, Matt Rule hands out the first wave of single-digit numbers, but before I get to headline number two, uh, this headline, the show, sponsored by BetterHelp, Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. It's busy right now. You got back to school for your kids, activities, everything's going on at one time. So it's pretty easy um, to get worked up with everything going on in your life, whether you're deciding on decisions for your career, relationships, anything. Therapy helps you stay connected uh, with what you really want while you navigate life. So you can only move forward with confidence and excitement, trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with better help. Visit betterhelp.com dot com slash husker today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp.com slash husker again this segment this episode brought to you by better help but uh simple let's get into the single digit jerseys because okay. four of them were handed out and we did learn that the players vote on this uh rob Dvorak shared that um that it's an honor for a player to get this because oh, wow they're voted on their teammates yeah. uh, by it. So it's not just a coach's decision. It's a player's decision. And Jeff Sims, Billy Kemp, two transfer players, uh, a quarterback and a wide receiver, along with Luke Reimer, a linebacker, and then Isaac Gifford, a, a safety. Those are your first four single-digit Huskers under Matt Rule. Yeah, so Kemp's number one, uh, Gifford's number two, Reimer has four, and Sims has seven. Very cool numbers. There they are right there. I uh, the 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 one of the biggest stories of camp has been Isaac Gifford. I I say what you want here, Sean, but we didn't we didn't I don't know that we saw this coming, that he would be taking control. This is from this is what Matt Rule says that Gifford has taken control of the secondary. Gifford himself said that the transition was difficult to, from one coaching staff to the other. You know, he, had, he and I and I do I got that sense during the spring. You didn't hear a lot about Gifford, right? Not till the end of the very 
end of spring did you start hearing about him? He gained trust though, and once he gained the, once he began to trust this new staff, he's all he was all in. So, what I'm going to tell you now, if you just listen to recent comments, these were sort of predictable. Remember, Rule said about Kemp, he said, you know, if I was going into a fight, I would want Billy Kemp with me. Okay, he's probably getting. Although you're right, it's a players, it's a players vote, but. He said that he's gushed. Rule has gushed about Gifford. I mean, just has gushed. Um, Sims, dude, you know, he's he's the guy. Clearly the guy strikes me as a, a very humble leader, not overly outspoken, but I, I bet he gets his point across pretty well. And Reimer's prolific, prolific. I mean, he's going to be at very least the third leading tackler in program history. Yeah, he's had a good camp. Um, Nick Henrich has had a good camp coming back too. I'll be curious. And he was a captain, right? Nick Henrich was the captain last year. Yes. He was um, absolutely a captain. You know, and you forget that. I think in this change of management and leadership, mm-hmm. you forget that he was a captain on this yeah. football team a year ago. And if you watch a, a look in the, the video and the show produced by Nebraska, you could tell that Nick Henrich was a captain. The way he led, the way he talked, um, he is highly respected and I'll be curious if he can get one of those single-digit jerseys back as a guy in this program. MJ Sherman, though, could easily get one. Yeah. We'll Gabe see. Urban could get one. Anthony Grant could get one. Right. Well, yeah, So the next wave, we don't know exactly when it's going to come. No, and, and uh, probably this week, um, this upcoming week. But looking back at Baylor, Rule had eight to nine players a year in single digits. So okay. um, it's not like – the, the water, I don't think they'll water this down where there'll be two guys wearing an offense and a defense where I mean, I think it's going to be eight or nine guys. Yeah. You, uh, you really wonder about the big boys up front. They've a guy like Polar Bear, National Ty Robinson, Walker, has got a lot of praise. You wonder if you wonder if he, he could get one. But again, this is, I, I got to keep, Sean, I got to keep reminding myself this is player. This is a player vote. It's not coach. Now, I think some of, some of rules comments are probably reflective of what the players are thinking and what they're feeling about certain guys, but it's pretty significant or, you know, we, we, I think it's significant. I'd say there's markets where, where they'd say you guys are making a pretty big deal. This single digit. Jersey. Well, it kind of defines the team. Yeah. I hit large. It think about, okay. Think about some of these things. Like think if Casey Thompson was still here going through camp and he didn't get a single digit and Jeff Sims got his first, like things like that would have been interesting. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we would have broken that down to the nth degree. It never, you know, going back, it never would have got to that point. I mean, I, I think, think so. I think once Casey realized that it wasn't going to be much of an opportunity, of at least a clear path to be the guy, he he moved on. And I'm I'm actually curious to see how he'll do at Florida Atlantic. I was I've been meaning to check. Just to see, I don't know what kind of coverage they get. To, but to so the only thing I did a search on him in camp. And there was like a Tom Herman talked about him at, um, I guess the AAC media days, um, just that he's come in and done a good job throwing around the ball. I haven't heard a word about AJ Allen at Miami. Curious about Stefan Wynn. Um, where did he end up going again? Don't, um, don't do that Mississippi. Too. Don't do that. It was Mississippi. Okay. Oh, Miss. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did go to, Ole um, Miss. I'll be it's just, you know, we'll be able to follow that throughout the Ernest Hausman at Michigan's one that, It'll be interesting. Had the big to see. spring game, but Casey at Florida Atlantic, we need to check on that. Not that here's the thing. I think you've. I, I'm interested to hear what you think about this. My read is 
Nebraska fans aren't overly interested about guys that have moved on. No. They want to know about what's going on in this team. I'm, I'm, I don't think I should spend a lot of time tracking Casey Thompson at this point. Loved him as a player, but he's moved on. I mean, this is we're, we're covering this team. But the next wave of single digit numbers will come out and, you know, could like Brian Buschini get one? Oh, yeah. Like that's a guy. Be kind of surprised if he doesn't. Yeah. Be kind of surprised if he doesn't. But yeah, what do you do with the, I mean, and we haven't even asked this question because it's this far down the list, but O-lineman, D-lineman, like O-lineman can't wear single digits. So how do you do that? I don't know what you do there. But the D-lineman can, and that's why I wondered about, you know. Nash and Ty. Yeah, those those guys mainly. All right, let's move it on. Headline number three, we're talking Steve Sipples, fall camp movers and oh, yeah, shakers. Awesome. And uh, let's go right into your first mover and shaker, Eric Fields, linebacker, <laughs> now rover. He's a boxer, which means Steve Sipple likes him even more. Uh, son of professional boxer Eric Fields Sr., Ardmore, Oklahoma native. He's getting a lot of love. He is. And he's going to play, I think. You always have to, you know, you're going to kind of have to be careful in these conversations because is he getting a lot of love just because they're at, because the media is asking about him all the time? It, now, I will say this. When they do ask about him, the comments from the coaches are glowing. You know, he hits hard. He's, he gets to – you heard Tony White today say he gets from point A to point B in a flash. He, he's opening some eyes. He's playing Rover, and the question with him will be, will he, what's he going to play? You don't, want it, you don't want him to be caught in the in-betweener land. You know, he's a Rover right now because he's 6'2", 195. At least that's the way he's listed. In order to play linebacker, like he's listed, he's listed as a linebacker and a media guy. He's now Rover, though. Yeah, he's playing Rover now at 6'2", 195, recruited as a linebacker. You don't want to get caught in the middle. At some point, and I, I imagine it would be an offseason where he gains some weight, then you just stick him at linebacker and let him go. Unless he shows so much at Rover that you just can't – you just decide, no, let's stick him – let's keep him here. But don't – I just hope it's not a situation where it vacillates between the two. I still go back to his high school film and how incredible it was. And it just, for a guy that had 180 tackles and put up the numbers that he did, he ran what 10, eight in the hundred, how he flew under the radar is beyond me. How Mike Gundy didn't want this guy, how Oklahoma didn't go at him more and how Nebraska could just waltz in there with a new staff in their first couple of weeks and take this guy. One other division one offer, North Texas, or excuse me, one under Power Five. I'm sorry. Uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech waited though until after Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So Texas Tech, which follows the Matt Rule Evan Cooper model, because Joey McGuire worked for those guys. Uh -huh. They use the same metrics. They were hoping to maybe snatch him as a walk on, kind of nil type deal, and then Nebraska offered, and then they had to come in with an offer. Some of it's Ardmore's Ardmore, Oklahoma is off the beaten path a little bit. Um, yeah, he. So now, Sean, here's the thing. Tony White said today, now he said he didn't know if he's practiced with the ones. After I wrote it and I did write it, I thought, I think he'd know if he practiced with the ones at some point. It's possible it got by him. But he's he, Tony White said he's, he's cycled through the various teams with other players, twos and threes. I wonder if he's had any time with the ones. It's not like they're hurting for rovers. You know? yeah, I'm looking where Ardmore's at, and it's like right smack dab in the middle of Dallas and Oklahoma City. 
Okay. I mean, that's, that is off the path. You're right. A little I mean, bit. A little bit. Yeah. I can guarantee you they got two things there for sure. A Love's gas station and a Brahms. I think probably. Those are like two water, probably a Whataburger too. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who used to work at the Ardmore newspaper, Ron Powell. Shout out to Ron. He covered he covered the Cowboys. Like the Ardmore, back in the day, Ardmore would send their, they'd send a dude to the Cowboy game. The golden age. Yeah, golden age. Back when you guys would fly like helicopter, when the newspapers would fly helicopters. Yeah, we were games. taking private planes to Colorado. You guys like, did, right? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're lucky to well, get. That's thirty percent profit margins. That'll that'll do that. <laughs> Just taking, Just pri taking private planes to Colorado to cover a game. Oh yeah. All right, let's move on. You, you guys went on like two week bowl trips. Oh God, yeah. Have four guys there for two weeks. Yeah. L.A., Miami, stay on the beach. Yeah, it was incredible. I'd like to see that expense report. Oh boy, yeah, it was, it was hefty. It was, it was hefty. All right, let's go on headline number four. I want to talk schedules. What will Nebraska's 2024-2025 schedule look like uh, with the new Big Ten additions of Washington and Oregon? Um, now the Big Ten's going to have to blow things up again. How about that? And you know they haven't set dates yet for 24. We know opponents. And I think when I look at it right now and what other people in the league have said, don't expect wholesale changes, maybe expect like one opponent change. So I think it's going to make sense where Nebraska could lose a Penn State or an Indiana or a Michigan State on that schedule, and then it's going to get replaced by a Washington or an Oregon. And now Nebraska already goes to UCLA. So would Nebraska get two West Coast trips? Wow. Think about that. Uh, uh, now, two I, West Coast trips, one against UCLA and one against either Oregon or Washington. Hello. Now, or will one of those teams come to Lincoln instead? So, That'd like, be fun, too. Indiana plays in Lincoln. Michigan State plays in Lincoln. Replace one of those with one of those teams. Um, or get rid of Penn State on the road. Personally, would you rather go to Penn State on the road or Oregon or Washington on the road? What do you think? Oregon or Washington on the road. Yeah, I'd rather just go about anywhere on the planet than Penn State. So, yeah, I'd rather. Oh, my. I mean, that first game I went there in 2002, I, I went with my Uncle Mike, and he's he's in Washington. I was a student. I sat in the press box, but flew into Harrisburg. We went to the game, drove into the game, and I'll never forget how long it took to get home from Harrisburg after oh, that yeah. game. I mean, it was we didn't get back to Harrisburg till like 4 in the morning. Yeah, from State College. So you take that very, there's very windy, hilly roads. It's rough road. I mean, yeah. I went by somebody like the almost people are like, and the guy was in like one of those wagons and we just passed the guy in a wagon. I'm like, that's an interesting trip. It's a, it is isolated. Yeah. I like the idea of going west into warmth, you know, into warmth. Generally, it's pretty warm. Warmer air. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't call it like going to Tempe or something. No, but it's warmer. Generally speaking, um, Austin Stadium's a great atmosphere, as you know. I mean, it was that game was fun to cover. That atmosphere in Austin's awesome, as is it at Washington. God, come on. Yeah, either of those would be great. I think it's safe to say, though, every year Nebraska's going to get one West trip, if not two, and they're going to have two of those four teams on the schedule, if not three, um, because of the location. I mean, I, I, I think. Yep. The Big Ten in general is going to want to avoid the negative blowback of the Maryland, 
to Washington trip, the Rutgers to Oregon trip. Like, like when you talk about these moves, that's what everyone freaks out about. What about those kids are going to have to travel from Maryland to Oregon or, you know, these legit, it's a legit deal. So that's why I think it makes more sense for a Nebraska and Iowa, even a Wisconsin or Minnesota to pick up one more of those games to eliminate some of those games for those far Eastern teams. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think you're going to see week zero in the play going forward. So then you can have an additional bye week. And why do you want additional bye week, Steve Stipple? Because then when you travel that Maryland to Rutgers, that long cross country trip, you put the bye week after that. Yeah. Because it is a, it is a beast. I mean, think about when Nebraska played at Fresno state, mm-hmm. that game was a nine 30 central kick mm-hmm. seven 30 out there. It was a hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. They didn't get back to Lincoln until like five o'clock in the morning on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, you have to, you know, for many years, I think most people, for sure myself, would think about it in terms of how's this going to affect the next week in terms of practice and and your ability to win or lose. I think a better conversation or a more germane conversation is think about the kids' mental health a little bit. Think about their overall well-being. That's not a great scenario. And sleep is important. Classes are important all that stuff factors in and it's now people are going to say, does it really, does it really factor in? Does it seem like it factors in is when Nebraska adds Florida or excuse me, if the big 10 adds Florida state, do you think they're thinking about the, the student athletes mental health? It's getting ridiculous what they're doing, what's happening other than the sec, the sec has stayed regional. God bless the sec. The sec is where it's at. It's the best conference it is absolutely. The you know what the most regional conference is, though the Sun Belt. <laughs> they refer to themselves as a bus league. God bless them. I mean, every game. That's the a- way it should be. That's the way it should be. Now we've blown it all up, and we're going to deal with it. Now the good news is, what you're going to get in the Big Ten's excitement. These games that we're talking about, my God, big brands. Yeah, big I mean, they're like brands. bowl games every week. Ah, yeah, it's going to be. It's going. It's going to feel. Ma- it's going to feel the magnitude is going to feel big almost every week. Don't you think we're going to go to 10 conference games eventually with this many teams? Yeah. Um, but the SEC has got to get off their butt and go to nine at least. They're still going to play eight right now. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's freaking oh. ridiculous. That's the one area where I criticize the SEC. They're, it, it seems like they're heading towards nine, though, right? Well, they're trying to get as many teams in the playoff as possible. I mean, that's their end game, and they're always going to get three. Everybody's in game. I mean, I think it's safe to say the SEC and the Big Ten could get seven of the 12 spots, for sure six of the 12. Yeah. And then you're, you're going to see, obviously, the Big 12 get one, maybe two. The ACC probably get one. Notre Dame could get one. And then the other, all the other conferences. And we still don't know what's going to happen with the Pac-12. What a mess. The, no, it is a mess. Well, we know right now there's four teams. We just don't know what's going to happen with those teams. And, and I don't even want to speculate. And just, two two are like-minded, and the other two are kind of I – mean, Stanford and Cal kind of have their agendas, and Oregon State and Washington State are a little bit more realistic about what they're looking for. Yeah, Oregon State and Washington State are just in, in a, a terribly unfortunate situation in that their brands just aren't – they're just not that strong. I mean, they listen. They've gotten good. They've had their moments. Leach had Washington State at eleven wins. Oregon State won ten games last last season. I'm not saying they're bad football programs, but they just don't. They just don't have much brand 
recognition and then they're in little markets and they're hard to get to. Right. So a lot of this is just marketability, brand recognition. A lot of it's come down. It almost seems like to perception. A lot of the time you don't know. I mean, if you, I think it'd be informative for everybody to make a list of what these conferences are looking for. And I think you'd find that it's marketability in terms of how many eyeballs can you attract? Right. One. How many TV eyeballs can you attract? That's a big part of it. Brand recognition is a big part of it. I think what you've done lately factors in. Now, that's not good for Nebraska, but Nebraska's brand and the fact that, that they draw such good TV ratings, that's not going away. Okay. And, and not not in the near future. You can back this up a little bit more. Like I'm, I listen to the Sirius XM Channel 84, the college channel. Rick Neuizel talking at length about Nebraska and his interview with Amon Green on your radio station, 93.7 The Ticket. Um, another show I listened to in the afternoon, they spent a good 10, 15 minutes talking about Nebraska. So, like, they st for where Nebraska is at record-wise the last six years, it is really amazing how much just the interest of the program still keeps it relevant. It's amazing. Because the fans aren't going – they have not gone away. Right. And the t in Nebraska is a draw. They're a TV ratings draw. They're a page view draw. They're a traffic draw. I mean, we see it on our YouTube channel. I mean, look at the numbers these shows are pulling. Yeah, yeah. And if they start two and zero, oh, man, it'll it'll be incredible. No, it's uh, you know, back to the traveling though. Like the sports you worry about are volleyball, baseball, and then um, I'm forgetting one in there. Well, the smaller. The, I, mean, I mean, the non. So I'm not really worried about men's basketball, women's basketball. They they charter. They and volleyball charters too. But baseball, softball, that's probably the one that they've got to put some thought into. And Will Bolt had a great interview with Grant Hansen. Um, you know, the, right now the Big Ten only plays eight weekends. He's like, we're going to have to go to 10. And they're going to have to come up with a plan to, to make this work with, you know, the conference for baseball is 17 teams because Wisconsin doesn't play baseball. Right. And I, is there, would you play divisions in baseball? No. Well, if you play, if you don't, there's got a lot of teams you're not going to be playing. You know, well, that's why you have to play 10 and then you'll miss six teams. Yeah, you'll miss six. But yeah, they're only playing eight right now with um with 14. Okay. So it's a similar. Yeah, similar. But the conference tournament in Omaha and, you know, because. Well, would you expand the conference tournament field too? That's the other thing. How do you do that though? Just go to 10. Go to 10. And then how about the report uh, by your boy in Des Moines, Kenny Miller on their show that the. Big Ten KXNO. K, uh, the Big Ten championship game um, is going to potentially be on rotation in Las Vegas. The, the, the yeah, the report on KXNO, Kenny Miller and, and Congdon said that there'll be at least a couple games in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Stunning to me. It, it just it, doesn't it, seem like it. It's fitting with the Big Ten brand. It rolls the dice too, because if you don't get a USC Oregon. UCLA or Washington, you're banking on like a lot of people flying the country because then more than likely that same fan base is going to be involved in the playoff because the two teams that are in that championship game with the divisions now eliminated, those are going to be teams that are going to be in the college football playoff more than likely. So what are you saying? I'm saying like Indianapolis is a little bit more neutral. Okay. To draw, I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, Rutgers is closer to Indy than Lincoln. Okay, so yeah, Allegiant Stadium. I, I'm okay. The, what I'm suggesting here is the Big Ten's kind of stodgy. 
So I'm really surprised at this, if this is true. I mean, I, I don't say I'm stuck. I'm not saying I'm stodgy. I, I think it'd be fun, I guess, if to cover that game in Vegas, if Nebraska could ever. Yeah, getting there without a divisional there. format. Right. I mean, you're a playoff team. Right. And so you can't just, even like talk about Nebraska playing in that game until they're at that level. I mean, you have to be a college football playoff team probably to be in that game. How about the Rose Bowl? Why not play that game in a Rose Bowl? It's bigger. It's harder to fill. I mean, do you really think on a week's notice you're going to get 90-some thousand people? No. no. The Rose Bowl is a planning destination. The, the indoor Vegas stadium, I don't know what that seats, yeah, but it, I guarantee it's not 90,000. Indy hasn't always been full. You're right. And it's, some of it is because the prestige that used to be attached to a conference championship has been minimized by what? The playoff. So the stadium, Allegiant Stadium, is 65,000. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. I mean – I, the Rose Bowl sounds romantic, but you ain't going to get 90,000 people in there. It still sounds romantic. But it, it's going to be a spread out spring game feel. Oh, please, Sean. You're not going to get 90,000 people. Michigan, Ohio State. It's not going to be a spread out spring game. Okay. But they're going to play two weeks in a row then. It's, that's okay. It's so you think be, you think what, I got 25,000 people in the stands for that game? 60. <laughs> I, you're not going to get 90,000 people to travel to Pasadena on a week's notice. But it's not going to feel like a spring game. It's I not like say. you're going to have a month to plan this trip. It's going to be like you play Saturday and then, oh, crap, on Sunday we got to plan a trip. If USC's playing Michigan for the for the Big Ten championship, it's going to be full. But if both teams are already in the college football playoff, are you going to spend your money to go to Pasadena for that mm -hmm. or save it to go to the playoff? Well, it's not an either-or for everybody. Um, some will do both, and some might choose that over the championship game. I'll make a bet with you. They will not ever play a Big Ten title game in the Rose Bowl. I'm not also, also, here's why. I'm not betting. Because not it's UCLA's home stadium. Yeah, That's a worst nightmare scenario to allow a team the home game for the conference title game. That's I why bet you fans, I bet the comments that we'll receive are favorable towards playing in Allegiant Stadium. I think most fans because the uh, flights are easy to come by. Yeah, all I'm suggesting is it's sort of a departure from the Big Ten's personality. When Indianapolis was the ultimate Switzerland of the Big Ten, I mean, it's it's just kind of like this neutral ground. It's perfect. I mean, like, perfect. It's perfect. Everybody just kind of knows the deal. Like, I guess you technically have Indiana and Purdue, but there doesn't seem to be too much of a worry about them. Oh well, Purdue was in it. They were in it, but I'm like I don't think people worry about like it being an ultimate advantage because it's very close to Ohio State. Yeah, and Purdue, Purdue fans, you don't worry too much about them taking over the event. Now that stadium, I, I will tell you, is very handsome. It's a great place to hold that game. It's a beautiful spot to hold the Big Ten championship game. If if you're really pinning me down on this, I'd say just play it in Indy. Don't move it around. Just play it in Indy. Well, that's what the SEC's always done. They've played in Atlanta. Played They've Atlanta. anchored it there. The yeah. Big 12 um, went to that. I mean, remember the Big 12, how scattered it was at one point? It was St. Louis, Kansas City, Houston, yeah. they Dallas, around. That's right. San Antonio. Yeah, They played it in five spots. Yeah, they moved it. And Nebraska played in St. Louis, uh, San Antonio. For sure. And Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I don't, and Dallas. And Dallas. Um, Nebraska never played in Houston. They played in four of the five locations. And then when Dan Beebe permanently located the game to Dallas, that's when Osborne got upset. Yeah. That, I mean, that was kind of one of the punches that oh, yeah. really upset 
I mean, they, they took the Big 12 offices. They took the offices down to Dallas, and they moved the game down there. Oh, no, there's no doubt that Osborne, that rankled him. Because it took the wet. I mean, the weather was an advantage of the, the Big 8 teams, and then you put Oklahoma and Texas in a dome. It was an advantage for them. Oh, it was a big it – was, it, was, it was really – it graded on Tom, that, that move. It was re, really the, the kind of random place was St. Louis – was an odd now it makes when you think about that that makes like and it was full though right did you go 96 was that full uh i don't sean i don't think so it was it was probably pretty close it was fun i mean it was a while it was wild obviously it was a tough loss for nebraska but it it still felt weird being in st louis st louis is not a college town i don't know if you've ever been there but it's not i mean i'd love to know how they decided on st louis st louis is not collegiate they wanted an indoor that's probably why yeah and it's a nice and they had a nice they have a nice jerry world i will say though like it didn't make sense to play the big 12 game there god yes i mean those were some of my favorite games i covered i mean that sioux game the oklahoma game those were incredible it's a great place to cover a game for one thing i mean the press box is as you would expect it's immaculate and then you can watch the game on that big screen. There's no lag time. It's it's incredibly high definition for a screen that big. Um, I, I yeah, I thought covering games there was awesome. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was enjoyable. But all right, let's close out headline number five: um, the fallout. What's next, Steve Sipple, with this Iowa gambling scandal? Um, as the days move on, we're learning more and more players specifically gambling on games that they were involved in i mean this is a big deal anybody that says oh no this is a big deal it's kind (laughs) of funny no it's not i don't want to build a straw man argument here and but i do hear people poo poo it yeah poo poo it like come on sip oh come on sip really this is this threatens the integrity of the game it does period yeah i mean if I guarantee if a kicker now, especially in the state of Iowa, is kicking a game-winning field goal and he, and he pushes it right, there's going to be some there's going to be cat calls from the stands. Number one, that say, "Well, how much did you have on this?" Guy drops a pass late in the game. You wonder. You'll start to wonder more. I think that's already going to happen just with the state of Iowa situation, which is it's interesting to me because this has become a criminal investigation. It's the Iowa Department of Criminal Investigations. The, the district courts of Story County and Johnson County that have levied these charges. And it's, it's, uh, I think the main thing is tampering. You know, you, they have to, they're, these student athletes are using other means, other people's names to make the bets so they don't use their own. Now, that's common. That's a common practice. There's a lot of offshoot conversations to this, but I would tell you this. Do you think this is just happening in Iowa? No. No. And There's- that's that, that leads me to my next question. How many other ADs, coaches around America right now are nervous about this? And what leads it to Dozens. Inv- like, what gets to the point where they decide to investigate like where they say, you know what, we're going to pull the hood up and look at everything that's gone through the system. Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's, I mean, district attorneys all over got to contemplate it. It probably was pretty cut and dried in Iowa because it's pretty easy. I think to, to find those, those instances of tampering where for instance, a kicker uses it. And this is what, this is one thing that happened. A kicker uses his mom's name for the account, but he's making the wagers. 
I don't know if his mom signed off on it. I don't know how that, all that works, but that's the tampering charge. That's a, that's an aggravated felt, or excuse me, an aggravated misdemeanor punishable by up to two years in prison. It's serious. I mean, some of it is the, you know, the, there's district attorneys have to decide, is this worthwhile? Well, they decide it's worthwhile. And it is. I think it is worthwhile. Well, and for the longest time, sports gambling was only legal in Vegas and Atlantic City. And it was fairly controlled at that point. And now we have it. There's the key right there. See that cell phone? That's the key. You can make bets. I could make a bet right now and you wouldn't even know. But like, don't you remember like when your friends would go to Vegas? Like, hey, I'm going to put some bets in on like prop bets for the seasons of this team and that team. You want to put one in. That's not what we're talking about, though, right? No, but then you'd have to go back to Vegas and like collect, like on your next trip back. Now it's DraftKings and FanDuel and things like that, and 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 it's think about how it's affected Iowa State. They lost their starting running back and their starting quarterback. That's coming off of a wicked bad season. Well, then Arlen Bruce was involved. Arlen Bruce is the Iowa receiver who's now at Oklahoma State. Gambled on 11, 11 Iowa Hawkeye games, and he and he um. Can't, he's probably done at Oklahoma State. Several, right? which yes, he's had been practicing, but I guarantee you today he won't be practicing at Oklahoma State. This all cropped up yesterday for Arlen Bruce, and that's a recognize. Arlen, I reckon. I mean, that's a name you recognize because he's yeah, he played talked, a lot against Nebraska. Yeah, he was a starter, and he he gambled on eleven Iowa Hawkeye games. I think eight in which he participated. And, and the unfortunate thing is, I'm not sure these kids probably had any idea of the magnitude of what twenty or thirty or forty or fifty. Oh, I don't know about that. You Wait, think no, they knew? We'll say that again. Like that they, I don't know if these kids realize the ultimate magnitude of some of these decisions. Like, but maybe I think when you naturally make a bet on your own, you think no one's going to know. It's private. It's anonymous. You know, like somebody on my message board could call and make accusations against somebody, and they're protected by a privacy act. You can't like pull their information, use that against them because it's a privacy deal. And I think when you make a bet, like, oh, yeah, I'm protected and it's anonymous. No, you're not. I mean, that's, I, there's that. I agree with you on that. Now, I will tell you at Nebraska, it is drilled into players that you cannot gamble. You just can't do it. It's it's they have speakers come in. They have to sign, they have to sign a they have to sign something that says, I will not do this. And if I do, here are the ramifications. It is drilled into their head. It's not a passing, hey, by, by the way, guys, no gambling. It's not that. It's it is it is drilled into their heads. I imagine that happens all over the country. But like you're saying, a lot of kids just think, oh, I won't get caught. By the way, in Iowa, a lot of these kids, the gambling age is 21. Well, they were gambling before they're 21. And that's when they were using their parents names or yeah. aunts names or tampering, tampering. That's that's the tampering charge. So and then, you know, there's a there's a sizable amount of activity. There's a wrestler for Iowa State that that had gambled upward of forty thousand dollars i mean good wrestling all big well, 12, think about all like big chun all big 12 wrestling think if you're involved though and you affect the outcome i mean it's the effect on millions of dollars of money yeah i mean and that could be mafia money that could be anyone's no, money i mean no, it opens up a whole pandora's box like if, if you screwed around and did something and it messed up somebody else's winnings i mean that's pretty risky i mean i feel like we're on the cusp of a of a mega story that college football's leaders, whoever those are, this isn't TV executives in this case. This has got to be conference commissioners. This has to be the foremost leaders in the college game. They need to get this under control quickly. And it's not going to be easy to get it under control. 
Well, this Iowa thing just got nuts. It's it's startling what we're reading. It's startling that these guys are gambling on their own games now. That's what your that was your biggest concern. Are they really? Yes, they are. They're gambling on their own game. And if any other states' attorneys and whatnot started investigating in Alabama, they'll other, find it. They'll find it. And and if you're Nick Saban or oh boy, anyone in these other SEC states, you're worried as hell right oh, now. Oh, you bet you are. I mean, all you got to do is, like I said, I'll repeat it. Iowa State, they lost Hunter Deckers, their quarterback. They just lost their starting running back. I believe they're coming off a four and eight season. Well, either even like just. The fact that they know so much inside information, that that's the thing other people, oh, they're betting it. Yeah, but they know things that the general public, it's, you know, you 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 have an no inside track. No I mean, doubt. Even in our situation, like we can't really bet or bet. I don't obviously bet on college games because I know things and it's it's not ethical. You could. You could, but it's not ethical. Yeah, it wouldn't. You're not, nobody's going to investigate you. You're not breaking any laws. It's your money. Um, I, do, I don't do it because I'm not very smart. I don't. I, I just, I mean, I don't, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't have any hankering to do it. Not like Phil Mickelson who, 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 who oh, was it a, bil- a billion dollars, a billion of just Saudi live money. Well, he's made a lot of money in his life. It's his life, but there, there's, that's a, that's a ledge. Well, there's guy like, I know a lot of my friends that golf. I mean, if you golf regularly with good, you gamble when you golf like every oh, yeah. hole. I mean, oh yeah. But anyway, no, this is a, I think we're on the cusp of something major. I hate it. I hate, I hate these discussions. It seems like a lot of the discussions we're having about college sports are negative in nature. I, it, and I don't, I will just, just kind of take it day by day and see where this goes. So speaking of college sports and NIL and gambling and money, um, did you watch, you need to watch the Johnny Manziel Netflix show. They did okay. like a one hour, hour and 20 minute deal on his time. And, how extravagant his scheme was to basically make NIL money back in 2012 and 13 when obviously NIL was not legal. Uh, But he won the Heisman that year, and he was doing autograph signings for $30,000 appearances. I mean, he he was making hundreds of thousands of dollars. It wasn't illegal for him to sign autographs. So he was signing autographs. That's legal. But then somebody was paying his friend, and then his friend would give the money to Johnny's grandpa. And they made up an extravagant scheme that Johnny's family had all this oil money and that they were loaded and they had all this cash. And then the grandpa would give money to his grandson. I do need to watch that. I mean, it was fascinating. Like, and all of like, and his, and his friend was like his high school friend, like just a guy like me or you, like that just had some street skills and knew what yes, to do. In this day and age, Johnny Manziel wouldn't have to do that. No, and so he, but uh, all of the money he made, hundreds of thousands of dollars. The penalty that he received was uh, he was suspended for one half. <laughs> <laughs> like, and and he goes, it was great. He goes, we made up this story that Johnny's family was loaded with oil money. He goes, they were upper middle class. I mean, they were they were not wealthy, but they had money. Mm-hmm. But they weren't like private jet rich. But they they created this facade that Johnny's family. And so Johnny Manziel was flying on private jets when he was in college. He was paying for it with his money. He was making on all these He's things. Making that kind of money. Yes, it's crazy. That's a, that's the American dream right there. But think about they talked about what he did for A and M that one 2012 season, which was their first year in the SEC. He reawoke that program, and you know they they were not in a great spot when they went in the sec, 
they almost won the SEC in his first year. He won the Heisman. That year got him all the money to rebuild the stadium. Yeah, no kidding. That was the year they fundraised and did that huge multi-hundred million dollar plus rent renovation. And now I think that that stadium seats about a hundred thousand. Yeah, it was all field. So his one year there, and um, it he talked about how he almost killed himself. I mean, like he he kind of knew the path he was heading on, and I mean, just um, put himself in a rough spot. But it's it's worth a watch. All right, I'll think about it. The NIL deal before NIL. Okay. All right. But that wraps it up. We'll have full coverage on the weekend. Uh, Nebraska scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, Sip, Rob, and I will be there. So. Make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com. Like and follow us here on the Husker Online YouTube channel. The channel keeps getting bigger. Uh, we're approaching 40,000 followers on the channel. So let's get to 40,000. Uh, if you'd like to get us in the car or on your walks, all, you can download us anywhere you can find podcasts. Just simply type in Husker Online. But most importantly, check us out on HuskerOnline.com. Uh, get all of our coverage on there. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan signing off for another edition of Husker Online Headlines.